Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. KYW Original Podcasts. Merrill Reese, it is the Wednesday of week three in the NFL 2020 season as the Eagles are back to practice today as they get ready for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, What are you hoping to find out as they return to practice uh, today, later this afternoon? Well, I I hope that they are ready to go win a game. (laughs) You know, going (laughs) 0-2 is not the way to start a season. And they know that, and I think they're they're upset about that. You could just see it in Jim Schwartz when he came out yesterday to address the media, and he blamed himself. He said he did a poor job of putting together a defensive game plan. Uh, Jim Schwartz is a veteran coach. He's been around a long time, and I have the feeling this is his way of just taking the pressure off of his players. I guarantee you he didn't get into the meeting room with his defensive players and say, you guys were great. I was awful. I'm sure there was some noise being made back there. But uh, I think they'll get it together. I think Cincinnati is the right team to come in here at the right time. Not that you can take anybody late lightly because they are an 0-2 team, but they have a very talented rookie quarterback. They have some talented players uh, on both sides of the ball. They have a great wide receiver in A.J. Green. So the Eagles have to take them seriously. Um, it's not that they didn't take their first two opponents seriously. They just had some gaping holes and made huge mistakes. But I look for a bounce-back game from Carson Wentz. I really do. And I think the defense will be measurably better. To follow up on what Jim Schwartz said yesterday, um, what was your reaction when, when he right out of the bat said he had a, he had a poor game plan and he changed it um, too late? It's interesting because usually you hear a coach say that I've got to get back to the basics with this team. Maybe I was a little complex, too complex. Jim Schwartz said, I, uh, I wasn't complex enough. I should have done more things. We were too basic. We were too simple. We should have been more complex. So uh, I just kind of shook my head and I realized it was the middle of the week. It was a press conference. And uh, that was Jim's way of handling it. What have your thoughts been so far, Merrill, on the play of the defensive line? Disappointing. Very, very disappointing. 
Uh, that was supposed to be the strength of this team. And Fletcher Cox is one of the premier defensive tackles in the National Football League. I'm not pointing a finger at Fletcher Cox, but I can say in broadcasting the games, his presence in the opponent's backfield has not been there. I haven't seen it. He's just looked very ordinary so far. Uh, Malik Jackson is back. Last week they got Javon Hargrave back, and I honestly saw nothing from him. Derek Barnett came in, and the only time I called his name was when he lined up in the neutral zone, and Brandon Graham made one big play, but they need more from Brandon Graham. They just need a greater collective effort, and they need more individuals to step up and make big plays. Jalen Mills yesterday took a couple of questions about Malcolm Jenkins. You and I talked about uh, the, the absence, the no longer having Malcolm Jenkins anymore. We talked about that yesterday. And Jalen was very respectful of what Malcolm did in Philadelphia, and he was very respectful with his answers. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said that uh, people need to get Malcolm not being here anymore out of their heads. What was your reaction to hear Jalen insist that the Eagles have leadership and insist that any defensive struggle so far has not been because Malcolm Jenkins is no longer wearing an Eagles uniform? Well, I'm glad he said that. I mean, it would be wrong for any current Eagle to say, listen, uh, Malcolm's no longer here. Our chances are nil. Malcolm Jenkins was an outstanding safety for this team for a long time. Last year, he was more of a linebacker. That was more of his role, his days as a, a cover safety, a guy who's great against the tight ends. I, I think that is pretty much behind him. I know he'll make a big play here and there, but basically that speed that, that goes when you're past 30 years old uh, was evident. So they had to use him more as a linebacker last year. And I think in, in an area where the linebacking isn't the best, that helped. That was, that was a big factor. That did help. Look. They miss certain things that Malcolm Jenkins was able to do, but they do have to move on. I agree with him. This team um, is younger in certain areas, Young, younger overall, but in, in specific areas, definitely younger. A uh, wide receiver uh, definitely stands out of note. Merrill, do you think that so far through two games, the youth of this team um, has been a reason for their struggles, their own to start? Do you find that to be an excuse or maybe not an no. excuse? No, it's not an excuse, and I'm sure that Doug would tell you that it's not an excuse. Uh, the youth of this team on the offensive line the first week was a factor. Sure, when you, when you lose somebody like Brandon Brooks, who was perhaps your strongest offensive lineman last year, and you lose him before the season even begins, that's a factor. And then when you don't have Lane Johnson in the Washington game, that is a factor. But the young players are doing well. Herbig's played well. I think Jack Driscoll has played well. Um, Mylotta came in in this past week, and I was speaking with Trey Thomas, and Trey Thomas thought that Mylotta did a lot of good things, and nobody can evaluate an offensive line any better than Trey Thomas. So I think uh, to blame the young players is a big mistake, and I think Doug would tell you that. Everybody collectively has to do better, and the young players, I think, to, for one, I think that uh, Rager, I think Jalen Rager is a terrific young wide receiver. He doesn't look like a rookie out there. Uh, I want to see more of Hightower. In the first game, he did look like a rookie. There were some nervous mistakes, but uh, everybody has to step forward. It's not just youth. Every team has an infusion of young players in various positions. 
Merrill, last year on our conversations, you and I looked back at um, Eagles matchups of past against the team that they were about to face. We did not do it the first two weeks, but I did come prepared this week. Uh, the Eagles obviously have not played the Bengals a lot in their history since the Bengals are in the AFC, uh, but they have not fared well against the Bengals in their history. They're th- no, they haven't. They're 3-9-1 and one overall one. against Cincinnati. Um, they first played them in, uh, they've played them 13 times. You have called 11 of those games. Uh, they first played them in 1971 in Cincinnati, and they did not get their first win against the Bengals until 1991 at the Vet. It was a 17-10 to 10 victory. They had six sacks that day, that tremendous defense. Reggie had two, Jerome had one, Mike Pitts had one, Clyde Simmons had two, and they also had three interceptions that game. Wes Hopkins had two and Reggie had one. What do you remember about that particular game, their first ever win against the Bengals in 1991? Well, I remember exactly what you were saying, that it was a tremendous, tremendous defensive game for the Eagles. They, they really played well. And they, they absolutely rushed, past rushed the, the Bengals out of that stadium. Uh, fast forwarding a little bit to 1997, and when I alluded to you yesterday that we were going to do this, you this game stood out to you immediately. 1997, their second ever win against the Bengals. 44-42 at the vet. Bobby Hoying outdueled Boomer Esiason. What do you remember about that afternoon? Well, I still get kidded by members of the media because I really liked Bobby Hoying, and I was thrilled when they drafted Bobby Hoying out of Ohio State. And when he came in in his first game uh, at the Ravens, he played pretty well. That game ended up in a tie. But then when he played against the Bengals, it was a real shootout against Boomer Esiason, and Bobby Hoying actually outdueled him in that game. And I remember more about the next day when the Daily News front page headline was Hoy, H-O-Y, to the world. Hoy to the world. And we all thought we had an exciting player in Bobby Hoying, but of course, the next year, the Eagles had nobody around him. The wide receivers were poor. The offensive line was a shambles. Bobby got banged around all the time. I still think he was a decent NFL quarterback. He ended up in Oakland. With, uh, with, with John Gruden, and then he tore his elbow up, needed Tommy John elbow surgery, and then his career ended shortly after that. Oh, certainly a memorable afternoon at the vet. 313 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, quarterback rating of 106.5. Uh, the last time, Merrill, the, again, the Eagles have not fared well against Cincinnati. They've actually never won in Cincinnati, which so I guess it's a good thing that this weekend is at the link. But their last win was in 2000. They haven't beaten the Bengals since 2000. Uh, they are uh, 0-3-1 in their last four meetings against Cincinnati, and the one obviously stands out. It was that infamous 13-13 tie in Cincinnati in 2008. What do you remember about that game? I remember more about the fact that in the locker room afterwards, Donovan McNabb thought that they said that he thought they were going to a, a second overtime period, <laughs> that he didn't realize that the game could end in a tie. Uh, I remember that, I, and I think that uh, that was one of the, the more unusual post-game media conferences that I've ever been around. But uh, uh, that was a very frustrating game. The Eagles were terrible that day. But this is the first time they are going, I believe, against a rookie quarterback for Cincinnati. And I think Burrow's a very good one, but I think there are things they can do to take advantage of his inexperience.
Do you remember who the quarterback was in that tie game for the Bengals, Merrill? Was it, um, was it Ryan Fitzpatrick? It was. And do you remember how many times they sacked him even though they didn't win the game? I, I think it was something like seven or eight. It was eight. They sacked him eight times and, and, and they didn't win the game. So uh, that's their history against the Bengals. Uh, hopefully for the Eagles' sake, uh, they end that uh, drought against Cincinnati. They have not beat them since 2000. Merrill Reese, always a joy to chat with you. Thank you for the time. We'll talk tomorrow morning. Thank you very much, Dave. Voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.